Welcome to the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a weekly podcast for writers. Grab a cup of coffee, perhaps some paper and pen, and enjoy an interview with an author, a chat with a writing tool creator, perhaps a conversation with an editor or other publishing expert, as well as Kat's thoughts on writing and her own creative journey. You'll laugh, you'll cry, well, hopefully not actually cry, but you will probably learn something. And I hope you'll be inspired to write. Because as I always say, you have a story, you should write it down. This is Pencils and Lipstick. Hello, all you indie writers out there. This is Kat Caldwell. Welcome to the Pencils and Lipstick podcast. Today, as the episode goes out, it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day here in the States. Some people have off work. Most kids have off of school. So I hope that you're finding time during this week to listen to the podcast because I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Daria White, and she is not only a writer, but she's also a fellow podcaster. And we have quite a good time talking in the interview section. You might know Daria if you're on Instagram as No Time Writer, which is her writing course group that we talk about as well. Um, I'm really enjoying seeing all of these writing groups that are being put together, whether it's through Instagram, social media, you know, through other means. But I think that writing, as I've said many times, is something that we think we have to do alone, but that we don't actually have to do alone. And we can get a lot better feedback and hone our craft more if we are with other writers who have sort of the same goals in mind, right? And I think that our creativity feeds off of each other. When we talk about other things, maybe talk about other books or movies, when we hear other people's writing, um, perhaps we want to aspire to be like them, or we can just, you know, brainstorm with them of what we need to do. I was in a group the other night and we were talking about premise um, and plot hooks and twists. And it was then that I realized like, I didn't want to do the twist that I have coming down the line <laughs> on the, you know, this, the second book to cornered. Uh, I didn't like the twist that was there. It just wasn't, it wasn't twisty enough. Um, but I, I'm not sure that I would have really seen that until I had spent time writing if I hadn't been in that group. So it's always nice to have sort of that residual um, effect from talking with other people and maybe even having to share your hook or your premise. Um, All of us do it, even those of us um, who have published books before and are writing several more books. You know, we have to go through the premise part and go through the hook part and and (laughs) reread them of course, as we're reading, as we're writing our books. Sometimes I think new writers think that people who are maybe a few books ahead of them don't have to go through these things, but it's just not true. Um, Our brains can, you know, be too busy, I guess, or maybe, I don't know what it is. I'm finding that this book is costing me a little bit more time and it is the fifth book. Um, But, you know, things happen. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know why whether it's our creativity, whether it's just covid, whether it's just me trying to do too many things at once, but I do know that being in writing groups and being part of of that sort of brainstorming and talking is worth the money that you might pay for it. 
So in the interview section, we are talking about all those things, Daria's journey to writing and creating her podcast and the writing group. Um, But before we get into that, I wanted to talk to you guys for a little bit, of course, in this first part of the podcast. It is Friday the 13th as I record this. We are getting ready to head out to the mountains where I hope to be getting a lot of hiking and some reading done. That's my whole goal. It is my husband's birthday, so happy birthday to my husband, even though he doesn't listen to the podcast because he's not a writer and this podcast is for writers. (laughs) So yes, I am chugging along in the editing of Cornered. There are a couple things that I have to be aware that need to be taken out, of course, because when you delete a certain plot line or a certain character, Usually they pop up in several chapters. So you have to go through and make sure that that's going. And I also kind of thought of another twist to it. And I know it sounds like I might not ever finish this book, but I promise you that I will. (laughs) I am not that kind of writer to to not ever finish. But it's interesting that in in the world of indie publishing and when we we really want to just chunk like chug out books, you know, like crank them out. And I would love to be able to to do that, honestly. It would really benefit my bottom line if I could get out four books a year, right? But there's something about this book that I'm just, I'm drawn to taking my time with it. Um, and I hope that you understand as an indie author or what or a traditionally published author, that there are times in which you have to take your time with the story. This does depend on the genre. Um, there are certain genres in which you can do a little bit more telling. You can, you can have a little bit rougher edges. Um, but this genre is going to be more book club genre. It is sort of a sibling um sibling fiction. I think that's actually a thing. There are so many genres these days. Um, I I wouldn't dare to call it literary fiction. I'm not sure what we consider literary fiction anymore, but it's not a romance. It follows a young man as he, he's figuring things out, um, and is hit with certain family secrets over the course of a month and how that affects him and how it makes him grow and change and, um, really, review what he wants in life. So it's family fiction. It's, it's sibling saga fiction. It is growth fiction. I feel like we should have a male fiction in there. (laughs) We have women's fiction. And I said that to somebody once and they're like, yeah, but that's like thriller, but we all read thrillers. You know, we need like following a man on his journey (laughs) fiction. Anyway, so I'm taking my time with it. And I encourage you that if you feel like you should be taking your time with something to do it, you know, not in the sense that you never get the book done, that you're sort of procrastinating actually publishing it, but that you take your time in making sure that it is the story you want to get out there. Because the minute you do big changes on a book, you're technically supposed to change that ISBN. Like if you were supposed, if you, you know, not little like, commas or typos or things like that are changing maybe a few sentences. But if you publish a a story and then you want to go back there and just overhaul the whole story, technically 
that's a new story. You know, if you change the story arc and you change the character arc and you change, maybe take out a few characters and things like that, it, you might get dinged and need to change your ISBN because you're, you're, you know, changing the whole story. And so my advice to you is to take your time with it and not have that happen. And you want to be proud of the book. You want to look back years later, at least this is my goal and say, yeah, that is exactly what I wanted that book to be. Maybe it's not what I would write, you know, 10 years from now, but it's what I want to write now. And it's the best that I can do right now. And it is the story that I want it to be. Does that make sense? I hope so. Um, so I want to encourage you to do that. Daria and I talk a little bit about she is not an advocate for writing every day, which is like, oh, you know, stabbing me in my heart. <laughs> I am a big advocate for writing every day. I don't necessarily write my novel every day, but I do write every day. And I do encourage you guys to write every day, whether it's journaling, um, whether it is working on your novel, whether it's writing a short story. But she is not an advocate for that. And she's got a good reason why. Um, so if you're not someone who likes to write every day, we don't have to agree on everything. It's okay. Maybe listen to her and say, yeah, you know what? Daria and I are on the same page on that one. But if you do like writing every day, I want to remind you that I have a couple different journals and I have a fiction, um, prompt book. It is, it was my bestseller last fall when I was going to those um, markets. It has a really nice cover. I think it's actually the, the cover that drew people in. Um, and you can find that at catcaldwell.com forward slash shop. I have a nice um, personal journal there that's hardcover, has 36 prompts in it. Sometimes I forget to talk about these things that I have novels, but I also have a hardback journal and a fiction prompt book. You can find all of that on my website, catcaldwell.com. And one more thing before we get into the interview, we are bringing some exciting things to the podcast. And one of these exciting things is book of the week promotion. I actually got this idea from Roland Denzel, who is hopefully coming on the show very soon. Um, but we were brainstorming together and here again is a great reason to brainstorm with people. And he gave me the idea to do a book of the week. So we're all looking for new ways to promote our book. And I thought that, hey, this podcast is for writers and usually writers like to read. So we will be starting the book of the week very soon. It is um, $30. And if you click in the show notes, there is a form pencilsandlipstick.com forward slash book of the week. Um, there's a little form in there. You just read up on what is needed um, and you put in the information about your book. And then I will reply to you as soon as possible. And if your book is selected, you'll get the payment link and then you'll get an email. I'll work with you on writing up some copy to record a little ad just for your book for the episode. And that will be placed at the beginning of the podcast. so Everyone can hear it and they will know that you are the book of the week that week. I'm really excited to bring this idea to the podcast. I think Roland had a great idea in it. If you write craft books, if you have, you know, a book for writers as well, it doesn't have to just be fiction. I think that would be perfect for people. A lot of writers have written different books 
to help writers in different ways, right? To get their book done or to make sure that their characters are spot on or their settings or their scenes and all this. There are some really great books out there. And since there are so many, sometimes it's hard to find them. So if you want to promote your book, be sure to click in the link below in the show notes and fill out that form and I'll get back to you soon. Also, please remember that you can watch the interview video in the buymeacoffee.com forward slash pencils lipstick. And the link is always in the show notes. If you like to see people (laughs) as they're talking to you, that is a great place to do that. All of the videos are there. You can also pick up a couple different PDFs. Um, any, Any PDF that goes with a a podcast episode is there as well. You can become a sponsor of the show, which is great. You can buy me a coffee there or buy me a book as I put (laughs) over there in in buy me a coffee. Um, You can support the show as a promoter um, or sometimes the show is promoted with different affiliate links with software and things that I use and advocate for and love. Um, but you as a person can support the show value for value. You can also support the show, not just monetarily, but by sharing it with others. If you like it, if you have other writers in your life and you think that they'll like it, share the show with them, um, and please review it or give it five-star rating on whatever app you listen to it. It really helps get the word out about pencils and lipstick. Some of you have heard me say that I am a fiction book coach. Well, I am an author accelerator, certified fiction book coach. I want to tell you about the author accelerator program. If you are thinking at all about becoming a book coach, Author Accelerator is on a mission to raise the bar on book coaching, to help book coaches run successful, sustainable businesses while helping writers do their best work. They have certified and trained more than 100 book coaches, including me, through their book coach certification program. If you're interested in doing this work for yourself, you can click on the link below. There is both a fiction course and a nonfiction course. And if you guys have any thoughts or questions about it, feel free to ask me, Kat Caldwell, about my experience, but I'll tell you right now. I loved it. The course is very in-depth, but it's not overwhelming. It's very well done. And I feel extremely prepared now to help any author who comes my way seeking help from editing a scene to editing an entire manuscript from getting started to getting it published. It covers everything. And a lot of this stuff I knew personally, but it always helps to really have that vocabulary and the exercises that I had to do behind me. I also had to work with three separate authors in order to get certified and I had to hand in all the work for them to go over. So this is not something where I just buy the program and they give me a stamp of approval. They saw my work, they evaluated it, they gave me feedback, and then every month we get feedback from each other on what is working, what is not working, and advice and everything else. If you are wanting to look into that and maybe become a book coach in 2023, I would highly recommend you check out Author Accelerator.
Daria White is a writer of sweet romance, Christian fiction romance, cozy mysteries, and short stories. She started writing as a teenager, but as you'll hear in the interview, she didn't think that it was a career for her until 2013, when she self-published her first holiday story. Daria is not only a writer, but she also has a podcast, which we talk about, and she runs the No Time Writer online course. We talk about all of these things in the interview, but you can find Daria at dariawhite.com and you can find her on Instagram at No Time Writer. Hi, Daria. How are you doing? I am great, Kat. How are you? I'm good. Good. We are, you are in Texas, right? And I am on the East Coast. We're all getting cozy. (laughs) We're waiting for weather to impede our interview. But um, other than Texas, would you let the audience know a little bit about yourself? Well, I am a Christian and fictional author, podcaster, course creator. Um, A little more personal, I am definitely a huge fan of classic Hollywood movies. So like 1969 and prior is my era. I will watch modern films, but I love the classics. Um, I indulge in chocolate now and then, and I use Pilates to keep in shape. But overall, I love writing. Um, It's something that I started back when I was a teenager, maybe around 2003, but I kept it as a hobby. I kept it to myself Mm. for a long time. And it wasn't until 2013 that I self-published for the first time. But even then, I wasn't still too serious about it, but I decided to go uh, all the way for it after some encouragement from my family in 2018. So that's what I've been doing, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, it, getting that family encouragement is pretty big. Like, not everyone gets that because most people think that writing is a, not a full career. Let's say I was going to say wasted time, but that's not that's not fair. <laughs> like, it's a hobby to most of our parents, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's when things shifted because since I kept it as a hobby, my family didn't really see it that way mm. as a business. But then when I started taking it seriously. Okay. That's when things shifted. So I was like, hey, I need this time to write. And I started setting those boundaries in terms of what they expected from me. Like, hey, I I can't do that. Like, I'm taking this seriously. So that really shifted things for me. So now they're like, oh, you're writing. (laughs) Okay. And they're my biggest supporters. So So how did you how did you get to that mind shift from 2013 to 2018? What what sort of was it gradual or was it something that like hit you one day? I think it was gradual because even though I self-published in 2013, I was still like, can I really do this? It was just Mm -hmm. a lot of back and forth, but writing has always been there. And even though my degree is in something totally different, like my degree is in healthcare management because I love science. (laughs) I love science. And and at one time I considered going into the medical field. So I thought that that was it. But But writing this seems to be what I'm passionate about. So when I came to that conclusion, I was like, you know what, let's just go for it. And then the conversation I had with my dad is like, well, if that's what you want to do, then go for it. Like if you really put everything in, like, I believe you can do it. It's like, you know what? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I got my degree. You know, I worked hard for that, but my heart is here. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have a degree that I never used. I don't know if you used it. You know, it teaches us stuff. Yeah. (laughs) responsibility maybe I don't know I can tell my kids they should go to college (laughs) yes yes we get we so you went back to writing what was your first book what genre was it 
I started in sweet romance. So my first, okay. and it wasn't even a novel length. I would say more of a novella, mm-hmm. but I called it my what if Christmas wish. So it kind of had a fantasy feel to it where she kind of goes into an alternate reality of what her life could have been. Oh, and nice. I kind of yeah, wrote it from that angle. Um, and I got a book cover designer and I was able to find, um, I think I updated the cover in 2018. I found another designer and she really just nailed it with the images. And the so that's another thing I love is book covers. Like I know when a story is going to get finished is when I get a book cover because I love the visual and it helps okay. me write. So that was my first one. It was probably maybe no more, maybe th- around 30,000, 40,000 words, but that was the first, first one. Okay. All right. And did you read Sweet Romance? Is that why you chose that? It is one of my faves. Um, I do like a, a good <laughs> classic romance. Maybe yeah. that's just me. And I started to think, you know what, if I like them so much, why don't I write them? So right. I <laughs> started to write them myself. And then it branched out into other genres later. But that's where it started. Okay. All right. And when you when you started to write and you decided that you're going to write a full story like was that the first time that you had written that big of a story like you write short stories as well but how how was that um what was your journey like on writing that big of a story because sometimes writers are like I'm a writer but a novella is a lot like a 40,000 words is is a lot more than a you know 1500 word short story Mm. and now that you say that because when I first wrote back in 2003 um I wrote in like a loose leaf notebook by hand it was, and that mm. was like 70 pages. So I really didn't have any type of structure with my what if Christmas wish. I just wrote it. So yeah. it wasn't until I started to get better at my skills, like, okay, we need story structure. This needs more of a solid plot. We need more character arcs. And I just learned as I went, but I think I just let it flow at yeah. the time. So it came out to that particular word count, but now with more experience now I plan like okay this is the word count that I'm going for but back then okay. I was like I'm, I'm just gonna write till it's finished <laughs> right yeah I mean that that was I had no idea what story structure was <laughs> I didn't either. I was like this is the book and I'm gonna write to this end <laughs> yep. of course I, I I tend to overwrite so I had an editor tell me to cut 30,000 words <laughs> and I underwrite so I sometimes have to add like add, add more description here no, put more here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's so funny. It's funny how different writers can be, right? So, so between 2013, like that was, you know, the Kindle was around at that point. Um, so how was your, your launch? I mean, were you timid about putting it out? Did you tell anybody? Did you just sort of like sit back and wait? Or what, what was that once you hit publish? I didn't tell, I think the only people that knew were my immediate family. So I didn't even think of a launch. I just put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, let's just see what happens. Because again, back then it was still somewhat of a hobby. It's like, I did it just to see if I could do it. Okay. Just to put through those fears. I'm like, okay, get my writing out there. So other people see it besides me. Right. Like, no, no launch plan. Nothing. I think the immediate family, I think maybe my sisters read it. I don't even know if they did. <laughs> so like it's here you know but um yeah I I think that's how it went I think I kept it you know a little bit more quiet I still wasn't quite ready to say okay this is what I'm doing yeah but did you expect anything from it were you like secretly hoping it would but you just like no I'm working Mm -hmm. I don't 
I don't, I don't think I did. I think I, I had hope like, okay, let's see who likes it. And I did get mm. some reviews. I think I did reach out to a couple of bloggers at the time that I knew about to read it and review it. I think I put it on Goodreads as well. But other than that, yeah. I was like, you know, let's just see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to remember, but 2013, like there wasn't that much information out there. You know, yeah. I mean, the internet was there, but I mean, the, Anybody, you know, 10 years younger than me <laughs> doesn't believe me and like beyond. But 2013, like we still had blogs were big. Like they were a huge mm-hmm. deal back then. Nobody reads blogs anywhere. And like forums. So I think Twitter was a baby. Like nobody really knew about Twitter at that point. You know, I mean, so like I remember in about 2014 being on Twitter and I could talk directly to Tessa Dare because that's how small Twitter was. <laughs> like, oh, that's, wow. <laughs> and Courtney Milan and I, like, got into it one day on like, this argument. Like, I only remember that because I was talking to Courtney Milan, you know, about <laughs> romance books. So it doesn't, you know, she doesn't remember me. But that's how small, you know, Twitter was. And the information, I think we had Writer's Digest was giving out information, you know, but, like, no one else. I remember desperately looking for like, what do you do once your book is done, you know? And, yeah. and there was still kind of a stigma of like, oh, you self-published. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you're not really a writer. So mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I didn't really tell anyone because I was like, well, nobody's really going to believe me because I couldn't sell it to the one of the big guys, <laughs> you know? And that's the route I went because, I mean, I did consider querying at the time, but I went the self-published route, you know, like just in case, you know, this really doesn't do yep. anything. <laughs> I have to worry about being rejected <laughs> no in, in, that, in that capacity. Right, right. Those rejection letters. Um, so once you got that done, did you start right away on something else or were you kind of like, well, I did it. Now time to go be in the medical field. <laughs> Well, I, uh, I, I kept it to myself. Um, I still wrote, like okay. I was still writing my journals and this is, this is how old school I was. People probably remember this. I had a, a three floppy disc that had all of my material saved and I ended up losing that. So I don't even know what was on there. I was able to remember some things to write it down. Now I have a better backup plan, but with that, I'm like, man, I think it's because I used it so much that little metal clip just malfunctioned on me. But I still kept things saved. I still wrote. And I decided as it got closer to 2017, 2018, I was like, you know what? Let's let's go back through my what if Christmas wish, because I did have a writer that reached out to me from Goodreads that read my book and she had more experience. And she's like, you know what? I think the story would be stronger if, you know, this went through a series. Yes, I edit the book, but it needed a little bit more work. So. I went more into that process of editing. I started and I, yes, I was a reader, but I started reading even more to learn story structure and how other authors plotted. So that's nice though. Learning period. Yeah. That's nice of her. Instead of trashing, like these days, Goodreads is all about trashing. (laughs) Yes. I was very, very grateful to her for being willing to even read it. And then just to give me that helpful advice because she saw that, okay, you're a newer author. So let me give you some advice, some tips here. And then from there I began to like, okay, let me really study this and really get better at the craft. Okay. So So that's kind of when you thought, well, if I want to write more, maybe I can keep going. All right. So what was your next book? 2018. I think that's when I started to write Match Made Christmas. And that was going into 2019. 
And I started to get more involved with the writing community on Twitter. Okay. And I met another author there who was in the same genre as me and we became critique partners. So I read her book, she read mine and she helped me again, just because she had more experience. She helped me comb through it, helped that. So Match Made Christmas was the next release. It's a little bit longer, maybe a little over 50,000 words, maybe close to 60, somewhere in there. But that was the next one that um, I wrote. And I did query that book. Okay. I did I did decide to query that. It wasn't accepted, but I, but I went ahead and self-published. It's like, you know what? Just because no one took it, that doesn't mean that I can't still put it out there. So I put yeah. it out there. Uh, this is before Smashwords and Draft to Digital combined. So I put it out on Smashwords. I did Amazon and I started to build an author website, started to build a presence on social media. So I started to gain fans. So I would say nice. Christmas was kind of like the break, the official breakout book. Okay. Okay. And that was sweet romance as well. Right. Okay. So then how did you break into mystery? <laughs> That really started at the height of the pandemic. Everything, everything changed. March and my sis, yes. And my sisters and I, I mean, I've always watched the show kind of here and there, but I never really watched Murder, She Wrote like that. But we just went on a Oh, you were part with- of the Murder, <laughs> binge. Yes. We went on a Murder, She Wrote binge, all 12 seasons. And I'm like, I think I want to write a cozy mystery. Like, I was that That's engrossed. Fun. So I used that show as a way of inspiration. And yeah. then I did and then I did research on how to write a mystery. I started reading mysteries and like, you know what? I think I can come up with something. And so I created my character, Bianca Wallace. And because I'm based in Texas, I put the small town in Texas. And so okay. she is a graphic designer, but she's also an amateur sleuth. So right now I'm currently on book three. But when I did that, I was like, wow. hmm. so the first book in that series is called Photobombed. But yeah, oh, it's starting. It started with a uh, murder she wrote and, uh, you know, we really didn't have nothing to do at the time. Just like, what's <laughs> this murder she wrote? <laughs> hey, it's better than whatever would have come out of Tiger King. <laughs> she, like, got a tiger, maybe an elephant now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How are we going to get this <laughs> into Texas? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's amazing, though. So, I mean, I was talking to somebody else the other day about how, writing like you have to have a passion for it but the the truth is i think what holds us back sometimes is thinking that it can't be learned like for some reason people think that they just have this magical talent um and those who write you know just wake up one day or maybe they're born with it or whatever but the truth mm. is you can learn story structure and you can learn how to write a book like you just have a whole story about how you, you know, you look into cozy mysteries. How do you put together a mystery? Because it's going to be different than a romance, right? There's going to be similarities with differences. So did you enjoy that process of learning a whole different genre? How, how was that for you? Was it like easy or not so easy? Were there ups and downs to it? I think the only thing that I had to really, um, have a mindset shift about was now, as opposed to romance being the main thing in my sweet romance in cozy mysteries, the mystery is the main thing. Romance mm. can be the subplot. So I had to shift from romance a little bit and have the mystery trying to find out who this murderer is the focal point. So that took some practice and it took me a while with photobomb to kind of, kind of get into a rhythm of writing in a different way. Okay. So yes, there's a romance subplot in Photobomb and of course throughout the series, but the focal point is, okay, 
How do we set up the murder? Who are going to be the red herrings? How do I leave clues? Yeah. But not give the killer away. And then the big reveal at the end to where my readers be like, oh my gosh, I did not see that coming. Keep them on the edge of their seat. So that I definitely um, had to practice, which is why I am a big, big advocate for reading and the genre that you want to okay. write. in. so that was uh, interesting, but it was fun to me. I'm like, this yeah. is very interesting. Like, I kind of yeah. like this setup. I mean, it's still the same. Like, I still use the same um, outline process with Save the Cat. And so I just insert like, okay, I need to insert a red herring here. Okay, this is what's going to happen here in the subplot. So it all just comes together. So yeah, it can be learned. Yeah. And there's a lot more thinking to writing, right, than sometimes we want to admit. Like trying to figure out, you could have your character, you can have your plot more or less, but like you might take a few days to figure out the red herring or you might take a few days to like figure out, oh no, that's too easy. I have to like put it this way, you know, like, I think, I don't know about you, but when I was first starting out, I really thought that a writer had like everything in their head, or maybe if they didn't, it would come. And all they did was write, like, they're going to sit and I'm going to write. And if I couldn't sit and write, then what the heck was wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. like, and now I try to tell people like, no, sometimes you have to like, go think about what your character is supposed to do. And that will help you get like deeper, whatever genre it is. But I find mysteries really impressive because you've got to figure out how to keep the reader on your toes you know, more than anything. It can't, and just because it's cozy, it can't be cheesy. Like, it, right. you know, you, you you are writing for readers who read mysteries all the time. Like, that's that's really um, challenging, <laughs> I would say. Intimidating to me, but you did it. <laughs> it, can, it, it can be. And at first I wasn't too sure about it, but again, I, I couldn't get the thought out of my head. I had yeah. this concept. I'm like, you know what? Let's Let's just work on it. Let's work on the characters. And now I'm like, wow, I'm on book three. So yes. people, people really took to the first one, second, like, okay. So in two years, you're on book three. Right. So the third is coming out or it's already out? I'm in the revision case. Revision, so all right. <laughs> my plan is to have it out early um, next year. And I'm about halfway through the revision. So once I have, like, okay, halfway, then I can go ahead and announce it to my readers and they're they're loving it and it was interesting yeah. because I told my readers ahead of time since they were used to me writing sweet romance I'm like okay I've read you out into other genres you're more than welcome to read it but this is something else that I'm doing and they really took to it so they oh. so they love whatever I write nice so even changing genres you didn't have to switch reader group really no <laughs> that's nice. nice see I really believe in readers and I think that they read more genres than just one <laughs> <laughs> Some people disagree with me, um, but that's great. I'm glad that your readers stuck with you because that makes me right. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so people have time to like read the first two. And this, this is going on January, mid-January. So, you know, if you like Cozy Mysteries or even if you want to give it a try, I gave Cozy Mysteries a try this year because I had never read them and I really enjoyed them. I thought that they were great. So you have time oh to start reading before the third one comes out. And we'll absolutely have links in the show notes or all to all to your webpage and they can find it. Um, so in two years, you wrote two and a half books, more or less, or three books, I guess. And you started a podcast and you, okay. you, and you have a whole writing group. So besides writing your own groups, what, what tell us about your podcast and then we'll go into No Time Writer as well. 
You're a very busy okay. woman, Daria. <laughs> <laughs> and as you were saying that, they could, like, is, is it more than that? I think it's maybe a total of over 10 books, probably, now that I think about it. Since I had 2018? I think so. I had to Holy think about God, it. Girl. Oh my gosh. But the podcast started in 2019, and I just found myself giving out tips and advice to mm-hmm. new writers who are probably in the same boat as me. And I also shared my writing journey. I shared encouragement. And that really began the following. So I think the last time I checked the analytics, I think I have listeners from everywhere. I don't think I can even Wonderful. name all the countries. What's the name of your podcast for people? Writer in the Making. Writer in the Making. Okay, we'll have a link to that as well. So do you mostly talk about um, writing tips, like the craft? It's a mixture uh, of okay. writing tips. Maybe I saw a post that was writing related that I thought was helpful to me. I share that. If I learned something in my own journey, I share that. Uh, again, my personal journey, like I let them know, hey, this is what I'm working on. I'm mm-hmm. in the revision cave. If you're in the revision, if, if, if that's the process that you're going through, uh, anything, even when I was querying at the time before I decided to self-publish, that was my decision. I share about the querying process and how I went through how I uh, did that. So it really is a mixture. So it basically is my journey, but I do share tips about writing craft along the way to help writers that may that may need that. Yeah, that's wonderful, though, because it it really breaks down that wall of like, oh, look, here's a book. And some people can feel like, oh, she's putting out all these books. It must be easy, you know, and that can have, you know, problems both ways of like, well, if it's not easy for someone, maybe they'll give up because they think it's supposed to be easy or maybe they won't start because they have no idea how to compete. So I love that you sort of break down that barrier and let people glimpse behind the scenes for you. Yeah, I I know what it felt like when I first started, and and I think it probably sparked too from the writer that helped me, like I mentioned before, on yeah. Goodreads. And I liked how she was just willing to share. Right. So like, you know what? I'm willing to share. You know, if this is something that helped me, maybe it can help this other person. And I I didn't even plan for the podcast to go that far, but I think I have probably over three. It may be close to 400 episodes. I lost count with that too, <laughs> but like. You just keep going. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. You are so prolific because I think I started this podcast at the same time and I passed the amount of episodes this year. Do you sleep? Oh, my goodness. Yes, I do. A little bit. Sometimes. Maybe. All right. So you have a podcast. You've written several, several books, both in Cozy Mystery and Sweet Romance. Do you have another genre? I have some Christian fiction titles that I am working on as well. So that I'm hoping to have at least one of those out by next year. That's one of my goals. But so far, those are my main three. But I literally, I kind of use it as my motto. I write what comes to mind. Mm -hmm. So if if I have an idea and it may be fantasy, then that's where it's going. Or if it's more in sweet romance, then okay. So though, but but those right now are my main three: sweet yes. romance, cozy mysteries, and Christian fiction. I'm I'm gonna give you a high five like digitally because again, <laughs> I, I like I write in three separate genres, and I constantly tell I I fight against all those who tell me to only write in one because <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know what the decision's already made. I am not gonna go buy new ISBNs. Yes, just say it again, uh, but. <laughs> So you have the podcast, you have several books out, and then I know you because of No Time Writer. Um, I 
think I found you on Instagram, but you know, the internet is big. Maybe through a summit. Did we do a summit together? I don't even know. So you have no, you have no time writer. Um, tell us about this course in this mentorship that you do for, for writers. Well, No Time Writer, I launched it this past summer, and it really stemmed from the fact that I know that time management is still a challenge, whether someone is brand new, or let's say they have some experience, but they haven't yet found their rhythm. And I just decided, like, you know what? I found my own pace when it comes to writing, and I personally don't believe in writing every day. Now, if someone is brand new and they kind of want to develop the habit, then fine. I kind of compare it to if you're looking to lose weight, you may be intense at first, but as you reach your goals, you may not have to be as intense. Now it's just a point of maintenance, and because it's part of your lifestyle, now you know what to do because you now because now you know your body. I think of the same concept with writing, so. I personally don't write every day, roughly four to five days out of the week. And I know my writing average. So I know in 20 to 30 minutes, I can roughly write about 500 up to maybe 1300 words. So I know what to expect. What? Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Back up. 1300 words you can get out in 30 to 40 minutes? Roughly. Wow. Okay. But that took time and practice. (laughs) Okay. That took time and practice. Then do you, is it also a matter of knowing what you're going to write? Do you have like an outline? Do you just sit down and start writing? Like, how did, how did you come into that? Because that's fast. <laughs> that's <very laughs> fast. If people don't type very much, they don't know that that's fast. So oh, I just want to well. reiterate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even consider myself, I really don't even consider myself to be a fast typer. But how I usually start with a story is I start with an idea. Okay. I'm like, okay. So, and then I'll go ahead and I'll fill out the save the cat outline with my 15 main beats. So I kind of have an idea generally of what the story is going to be. Mm. So all of those slots are filled out, but I also leave room for creativity. So I'm not so rigid with the outline, but when I cuss, but I personally, and and I teach this to my students how to customize my schedule. So Mm. I'm now not thinking, okay, I need to be writing. Now it's like, okay, I have this time pocket to write here. It may be early in the morning okay, I have this time pocket here in the afternoon or for some of us, for those of us who may write late at night, I have done that before. So it's just a point of me customizing my schedule to fit around my life, my responsibilities. And when I see that time pocket, okay, this is my focus time to write. Everything's been set up. It's in my schedule. So Mm. I'm focused. I have my outline and then I set the timer. Like I said, my timer is my best friend that when I see that timer, I'm like, okay, I only have 45 minutes only have oh. 30 minutes and, and it just shifts something in my brain. So like, okay. okay. And, and and then there are some days where I may not make that full 1300. So in, in my opinion, it still adds up. So if I have a mm-hmm. slower day and it's like 200 words, that's fine. Cause the following day I may do over a thousand, but it's all adding up. And I have used that system to a point to where I can write up to 10,000 words for the week. Wow. Just by that consistency. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's, it's enough to like keep, you thinking and in the book, but it's not stressing you out that, oh, I have to write, but today I can't write and getting that like, I don't know, self, like <laughs> making yourself like the victim of, of your own time. Right. So I, I like that. And I think I agree with you. I think 200 words is better than zero words. I mean, right. a sentence is better than zero words. At least you're continually in that story. Right. Right. 
Absolutely. And it relieves so much pressure. Mm-hmm. And even with my last draft with this third book in my cozy mystery series, there were slow days, even though I had my outline, like you said, like thinking about a scene, I had, a, I needed a little bit more time with some scenes, but I still made the effort. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just go ahead and do it. Yes. I took time to rest again. I don't believe in writing every day, but I still got it done. Mm-hmm. So just having that determination, having that discipline, I was able to finish that first draft in 60 days. And that was like maybe a little bit over 50,000 words. So it is possible. It is possible. Yes. Yes. So you believe in outlining too, though. You say you do save the cat. Okay. Do you you teach that with no time writer or do you sort of let, do you distinguish between discovery writers and and plan plotters? What do we call them? Plotters and panzers? Plancers. (laughs) Plancers? (laughs) None of us are like, what's like James Patterson writes out like 80 pages of outlining. Like nobody does that. Um, he does that. But you have the the beats, I guess, that, that sort of helps you really get the full like picture of the right. book. Okay. And for your characters, do you have them fully fleshed out? Like, do you, do you fill out something or do you sort of allow yourself to get to know them? I mean, I guess now that it's this following Bianca is the name, like, is that the Mm -hmm. same character throughout? So maybe by the third book is that, you know, her and you're ready to jump into it. Um, But I think, yeah, I think by now I, I I know Bianca pretty well, but, uh, but to answer the first question, I do include um, my methods inside no time writer. So say the cat is mentioned, but Mm -hmm. I also let writers know too, that if this is not, something that you do that is completely fine so I I, I'm never going to tell someone you have to outline some of us like hey I'm a pantser I just let it flow perfect but I do have it there just in case if someone wants to have the general idea of their story but still leave room for creativity so Mm -hmm. I'm definitely a pantser in the middle because I'm not doing line for line for line if that works for some people awesome but for me I'm like I like to leave some room because I may have had someone be a red herring in my book but then as I write, I'm like, you know what? They would be the least likely person. Let me make them the culprit of the crime. Yeah, yeah. So I leave room for that as well. But um, yeah, I think it's just a point of, again, a writer. I think the overall theme of the course is helping writers come into what I call your, your, your true author identity, learning okay. your unique pace, learning how you write. And then that in turn is going to translate into your book because yeah. you're being yourself you're embracing that and that's what's going to connect with your readers your authenticity. Yeah, oh I really like that. Yeah, cuz there's no point in us stressing out and I I love that you have this beautiful um picture like don't compare yourself to others. I think that's one of the biggest problems in the indie author world is like everywhere you turn, every podcast you turn to or advice like it's always about being more prolific and more and more and like putting out more and more and more books and I feel like if you're a newer writer or if your lifestyle just doesn't like line up with that, it can be frustrating to the point of where you don't even try, which is sad. I really want people to get their books out. So I love that you talk about like, don't comparing yourself to others and take 20 minutes on Instagram. The other day, you're like, just take like, it's 20 minutes, just do it and like sit down. And I love that, um, that message that you have. So how, how has the response been from the, the indie writers out there? Do they, are they able to calm themselves down? 
Well, I tested it out um, before I officially launched it and my beta group testers, they were like, wow, like I never thought about it like that. So oh, they good. really have had some eye opening moments. And I, and I did a Black Friday deal with the course recently too. So I'm getting newer students come in and they're like, this is just so encouraging. Oh, Again, good. I never thought of it like this. And I shared in the reel that I did about one student tell me I learned to I learned to give myself grace, which is why I did that real to remind authors is like, okay, yes, be disciplined. Yes, have a game plan. But if you miss it, if you can't do it on a particular day, if a family emergency comes up and you can't write, that's okay. Again, this is right. about you coming into your own, embracing your process and everybody's process looks different because we're all different. So yeah. they really take into that and they're like, you Wonderful. know what, this, this, this relieves that unnecessary pressure that we may feel sometimes. Yes, yes. And I think like you said before, it allows you, if you're not under stress, for your voice as an author to come through your story. Like we are putting our own pressure on ourselves. <laughs> you know, like we we can take as much time as we want. And I mean this is to be fair and to be honest, and anyone who listens to my podcast knows I have had to learn this. I I am somebody who is always going. I am ready to go. Like, and I want to get things out there. And I've deliberately taken time this year to make to wait to launch my books. It's very difficult. Um, but I think that your message is like being yourself and like taking that stress off will actually make your books better. And I fully 100 percent believe, believe in that. I think that's a message that more of us should be telling each other. Like the traditional world does not put out that many books and it, it's okay. Like if you can put out four books a year and they're your best work and you're not killing yourself, like that's awesome. But many, I would say most people can't do that without killing themselves <laughs> or like never talking to their family again, <laughs> which is not good. We want to live our life, right? We want to enjoy life <laughs> and and not be stressed out because you know we have to go get an oil change and how dare it in, impede our writing time. <laughs> life happens life happens, life happens. I, I, I definitely do appreciate because again these were things that I learned in my own mm. writing journey and there even recently there was a family emergency and I literally okay. had to stop what I was doing but because again I ha have developed my system I know my rhythm I know my patterns I, I dealt with the family emergency, but I was able to pick back up and right. keep going with the writing. So no time writer does teach you like, hey, life happens. <laughs> yeah. But you can still pivot. You can okay. still adjust and you can still finish the goals that you have for yourself. And I tell this to my students, too, even if the date changes, yeah. that's fine. The, the goal is still the same. So it may not be the end of this month, but you can mm -hmm. go for next month. It's totally yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. So is this course in person? Is it online? Is it a hybrid? Like what, what are the details that way? It is currently online. Okay. Right. But it, do you talk to them or do they do it like self-paced? That's what I wanted to say. Is it self-paced <laughs> or is it like a meeting? It is self-paced, but I do have a community that comes with it. Okay. So I love the host platform that I'm using because they just launched a community, um, an, another way to build community. So okay. for those that may not be on Facebook or as active, they mm -hmm. can still get that community aspect. So I will show up and answer their comments. If they have questions, they can always email me. I go live in my Facebook group to answer questions. I'm going live today as well, later on this afternoon, just to answer any questions about the new platform that just launched. Okay. 
with that community. So um, I also have it to where I, they can write live with me. So group sprints together. Wow. Okay. And then uh, I also have it on the calendar too, for this Saturday, actually uh, check-ins. So they'll come again live with me and they can let me know, Hey, how's your goals coming along? You know, yeah. what did you accomplish for this year? So this, so this will be the last one for this, for this particular year, but Hey, let's go ahead and just share what we did. Let's be proud yeah. of ourselves. And then, you know, set new goals for the new year. So, oh. I, so it is self-paced, but I am still a part of it. So they feel connected. And of course, with it being a community, they can connect with one another and support one another. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. So they can do as much as they want, but they have that like accountability, I guess, in that community yeah. and other people going through it with them. So do you have launches or can people join whenever they, they find you? They can join whenever they find me. I do have an application process just to make okay. sure it's the right fit. And then oh, I'm able to wonderful. determine like, okay, you know, this is what you're looking for and this will fit you because it may not be a right fit for them. And that's okay. I totally mm. get that. But I will go live in a sense and do a training. I probably okay. do that every few months. So I'm planning on doing that maybe in the coming new year to where I teach a different concept about the course. And then I'm okay. able to share with them. And if they're interested, great, you can go ahead and apply. And if they're not ready, there's even a mini course available that kind of gives them a hint of what the course is about. They can learn more and make the decision from there. Okay. All right. So where do they find you for those lives? Is that Facebook? I usually post it on my Instagram. Okay. Um, if they're on my author mailing list, they're definitely going to hear about it because I announce right. it to them that way. But also I will put the event on like Eventbrite. That way, if someone's not, but they're still looking for a type of event in that capacity, then they can find me that way. But I always announce it via social media, my mailing list. And then I usually use Eventbrite to okay. bring in new people. All right. So we will send people to your website um, and they can get on your uh, dariawhite.com and they can get on your your mailing list, which they should, and they should follow you on um, Instagram because it's always nice to get some encouraging message on Instagram and not just ads. <laughs> I like finding you there. Um, and then your third, what is the title of the third mystery coming out? Lather, Rinse, Murder. Oh, I love, your titles are so good. Oh, my goodness. So those are coming out as well, which all of that they can find at DariaWhite.com, right? Right. Okay, perfect. Oh, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. We're going to have to have you back, but I love what you're doing. And I, I think that it's really encouraging for writers and it's probably just what they need as the world really opens and goes back to normal and everyone's life is no longer watching Murder, She Wrote, unfortunately. But <laughs> <laughs> my Facebook, thank you, Kat, for having me. I appreciate it. I, um, I love being able to share. And again, not just about my personal journey in writing craft, but again, just be able to help authors discover their own. Yes, absolutely. Hey, you're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. 
If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.